this is We're Not Wizards, my name's Richard, and this is an episode with Peter Wellington, who uh, works for Org Digital, as well as being on the fantastic Staying In podcast. Uh, we just jumped directly into the conversation because I've known Peter for a little while now, so um, there isn't the normal um, intro that you would expect, but um, it's a good, fun conversation as always, so please... Thank you for listening, thank you for subscribing and uh, supporting us in general and uh, on with the show. I got a blue Yeti for Christmas, so... Oh, did yeah, you? Yeah, it's really nice. It kind of like is chalk and cheese between the the um, the snowball I was using because you can actually get some feedback as to what you were kind of saying, so... Yeah. It's an incredibly nice piece of kit to be using, but... Let's... It's... it's it's funny, isn't it? Like, like that's one of the things I've noticed as my podcast has been going on. It's like the more you invest in your hardware, the more like you notice it. Like, I never thought I would notice a big difference between microphones, but then like I splurged some money on like a decent microphone and like a, uh, a, a I think I think it's a four track. Sam would kill me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is, uh, but basically, um, there's there's like a, a a thing with a load of like buttons and knobs on my desk. Yeah. Uh, and they're set just right. Uh, and did um, you get like a picture the, the, sent over from Sam to say, "Now this is this is how I you mean, set it up." I mean, you're joking, but yes, that is <laughs> that is basically what he said. He was like, "Just turn it to these and don't ever change anything." Here's the f- um, but the difference the difference is unbelievable. You know, it's it's actually sounds like you're you know there rather than in a big echoey chamber. Yeah, well, as I said, the good thing is it's got this uh, it's got these four settings on it and. Um, you know, it's kind of one of these. It's just really, really nice. It's nice when you listen back to it because, as you say, there's a clarity, and if you get really close to the mic, you can do this kind of ASM. Was it ASMR thing? You can go ASMR. Yeah. You can go, yeah. Hi, I'm eating some crisps. Kind of thing, and it's just uh, a bit. Stop it. It's it's beautiful. I should, we should just do the, the. Can we just do the whole show? We could like just that? take my and oh look, I'm cl- I'm clicking my mouse. I'm. Oh, Listen to me as I stroke my <laughs> microphone. Um, it's it, like fair play to them. I've watched I've watched a couple of those videos, and because um, you know you fall down an internet rabbit hole every once yeah. in a while, and th- there is something there is something very relaxing about them. I can totally see why people are into them. Like I can totally see why people sit down and go, do you know what? I'm going to watch, you know, 25 minutes of somebody squidging squidging orbies around yeah. in a little glass or bowl. Rip, ripping totally paper. You know, it's like I've got 15 yeah, yeah. sheets of A4 and I'm just going to rip them all and then and you're just like, it, what? It, 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 feels like, it feels like a halfway house between... It's clearly done as a relaxation thing. Like, that is clearly the intention of, like, 90% of the content. But, like, even in that 90% of the content, it does still feel a little bit... There's something because I guess it's because it's such personal attention. There is something a little bit like not not seedy because it's clearly not that, but it's like it's like okay, my audience has asked me to like you know rip a bunch of paper, and you're like this feels a little bit like a, a phone up. It's chat white line. noise, isn't it? There's something burg- there's yeah. com- something kind of it's almost bordering on white noise because if you and Mister. Um, Mr. Frost will be all aware about this with him, him having a him having the youngin. Is that babies mm. have a babies like white noise? They say that the best thing to do is it's like the best thing to do is if you have a young child and they're not settling, it's not to mm. 
tell everybody to be, to be quiet, but it's like, put the hoover on. Or, <laughs> you know, you put the hoover on. Or detune it, you know, in the old days, you used to detune a radio or have some white noise on the telly. And there's actual tapes that you can buy, which is white noise. And they say, um, when a baby's in the womb for the first nine kind of nine months of its life it doesn't hear silence it's a cacophony and it hears its mother coughing breathing there's gurgling going on in the stomach above it hears a constant pound of a heartbeat so if you think about the inside of a human body it's a very noisy place so you get a child going from a place where it's warm it's wet and they've got constant noise to people going around going shh shh be quiet be quiet, the baby's trying to yeah, sleep. That's true. So that's what they say. You get actual tapes. You get YouTube channels, which are just white noise, which is like a detuned radio or the the kind of the noise you used to hear if you when you used to get like an un, an untuned um, an untuned TV kind of thing. I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Also, if you're you know if you've not been born yet, you don't know how to tune. Anything, <laughs> Especially, can you so, get an can you get yeah. an untunable radio? I, I bet you, because it's kind of like there's a retro thing now. It's like it's like the old yeah. it's like the old record players you get where they go and you can get this with triple speed and if you want to you can you know you can play it through your speakers <laughs> and then they'll be saying and this is a traditional radio yes it is it works like it works like a DAB radio so you've got the buttons if you want but you can also tune it as well so you can get the and now he's going to be talking about chocolates I don't know Gary and here's a hit for number four. You know that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. that kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, how are you though? I mean, we're not we're not doing an intro yeah, because okay. this is a you know I'll do an intro. I'll, what I'll do is I'll record an intro for the beginning so people are aware. But okay. um, you are well. I suppose this is you're Peter Wellington, and P- Peter oh, yeah. Wellington is he's a couple of yeah. he's a couple of things in 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 my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sure. is. Um, he is uh, one of the hosts, one of the one of the, the main hosts. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just okay. gonna one, one of the, the main hosts. hosts of this. The main hosts being Chris, myself, and yeah. Sam <laughs> of the of the Staying In podcast, which is a which is yeah, a fabulous sure. podcast, which is all about um, is all about <laughs> mainstream entertainment, basically, because I, you know. We'll, we'll touch on this in a second, okay? But you're a talker and you're a conversationalist around the different kind of mainstream entertainment that that mm. millions of people enjoy and generates billions of you know pounds, dollars worth of income. And you also mm. um, you work um, you're part of a company called Oroch Digital, um, which we're going to mm. touch on today as well, because um, there has been a game. That has come out, which is has a very board game related kind of flavour to it as well. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of touch on that. So there are segues, there are segues abound. But um, are you well though? Are you good? I'm unbelievably fit and uh, <laughs> like a buff right now. Uh, basically, what, what I've been what I've been doing since I last chatted yeah. with you, uh, hence a couple of in jokes. Um, basically, um, I think last last. Last time, I think we were talking about like me maybe getting down the gym and doing all that sort of stuff. Well, I've continued to go down the gym. Um, I, I've now got it to a minimum of <laughs> once a week. Wow. And um, I do that. But also, I've been doing sports, okay? No. Now, I'm I'm not a sports person. Like, cl- but I mean, clearly I am because I'm yeah. doing sports. But I'm not, I've never seen myself as a sports person. I don't really like team sports because I don't 
deal with testosterone very well. Um, so, for example, um, for example, uh, I when I play video games that I have like a very deep seated, uh, you know, deep seated like um, uh, investment into, I get quite. Um, uh, some would say passionate. Some would say aggressive. Um, so, for example, like when Street Fighter Four came out, I was just like the word it turned me into a terrible person basically and it just put me off put me off you know sports and esports and all that sort of stuff but recently i've been i've been doing solo sports so i've i've tried scuba diving i've tried golfing oh, yeah. uh, more recently i've more recently, I've been going fencing. <laughs> Did um, you continue so with I, uh, fencing? Let's put a bit of back. Let's right. let's put a little bit of background on this for people who aren't aware that right. you decided on. I think it was for an upcoming birthday. Instead of doing yeah. the usual, maybe having a mini holiday, a mini break, spend a couple hundred pounds yeah. getting the latest bit of kit or tech for yourself, mm. you decided yeah. to go through a series of what can only be described as in kind of once-in-a-lifetime kind of experiences that people should all kind of try. So you went and um, you went on a you went on a baking course, uh, and you learned yeah. and you yeah. learned to kind of make cakes yeah. and stuff. You went yeah because I've never done that before. And you went right. and you went on a golfing lesson with a PGA professional, and you <laughs> you went you went fencing. And I'm kind of I'm, yeah. I'm interested to find out. So are, have you continued with any of those since? Yeah. So um I much to my partner's uh uh sort of chagrin uh, I've not continued with the baking. Oh, okay. Um which is which is a bit of a shame because I did I did really enjoy it but I just haven't really I just haven't been bothered. Um the golf uh, I've been going down the driving range wow. uh, and I've been swinging a club at some balls uh, and I've been I've been <laughs> very much showing myself up on the driving range. Um and um, I tried fencing. I actually started fencing last week, um, like because it was basically I had to book it for January. Yeah. Uh, my birthday was actually in October, but I booked it for January. And um, I started last week. I tried it yesterday as well. I did it again yesterday, and I've got basically I think it's eight or ten weeks paid up. And then I'm a fully fledged uh, Brit- uh, British Fencing Association <laughs> member for some You've reason. Got the full um, so, um, <laughs> They just didn't. They just said basically, "Oh, you got to sign up for this." Oh, so wow. like, like, you just have to go for it. I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll do it." Um, and do you know what? It's it's a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying it, and I've been it's been I've been trying to keep fit with it. Um, and I found that solo sports are really kind of where it's at for me. Um, things where it's all about me getting better rather than me fitting into a team. Because <laughs> That's I that locked off the CV I, I, I then. I work. I work. Yeah, exactly, I work well yeah. on my own. Um, You've missed the second part of yeah. working well with others. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I'll tell you what, it's it's a good thing I'm already employed, isn't it? Um but but I, I, I just I find um when I play when I work when I work in a team in the studio, because we're all quite chilled out and relaxed and it's all very nice, it's not really a competitive atmosphere. Yeah. Um, you know, it's actually it's really good. Like I really I really enjoy being a part of a team there. But when I'm a part of a you know, in a sports team and stuff like that. If somebody fluffs something up and it's not me, fury. I Just can't. I can't imagine you doing wrath. No, it's you it's don't bad. Come across like that. At see, all. I've cult. What I've done is I've cultivated a personality ah, of being right. quite nice, but I'm actually terrible underneath. My, I, I have this. I have this streak. I have this very genuine streak of. Um, I get angry at things sometimes, but it's it's tiny things. It'll be things like. 
it'll be things where I'm like competing, so team sports and stuff like that, and also just stubbing my toe, like that kind of level of I dropped a spoon. And then, you know, like most things, most things I'd be like, oh, that's absolutely fine. Oh, oh, uh, you know, uh, there's a train coming down the tracks and it's about to hit us. Ah, it's fine. Well, whatever. Do, we'll just chill out and do whatever we want. But like, if I'm like, oh, I've burnt these eggs, just yeah. livid, absolutely livid. Um, and it, it comes out every once in a while when, I've, when, I'm t- when I'm sleepy, usually. That's the other thing. It's either heightened <laughs> testosterone or a bit sleepy. Those are the two, those are the two things. It's like, like beware, here comes Sleepy Wellington. Maybe yeah, you don't yeah, get anything yeah. wrong. I, exactly. When I, go out on a, when I go out on a football pitch and I've had a late night, oh, you just do not want to be around Yeah, me. but you're not, you don't come across, seeing things like um, the tweeters... You don't come across yeah. as you know. You don't come across as the type of person that goes into what the trending <laughs> topics is, and then starts shouting yeah. at people. You know, man shouts at cloud. You know, internet. Rage another one of yeah. You know, I, another one of yeah. I'm pretty sure that Trump doesn't bother reading anything that gets added at him. Why are you shouting at him at all? <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't come across that. You know, it's not like it's oh, Wellington. <laughs> Quick, Wellington's off on one again. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's. But that's it. I, I kind of that's the, that's the silly thing about it. And I've tried to mo- I've tried to not because that's the thing. I try not to do be angry. So when I go and do, I, t- I, t- I steer away from team sports. I steer away from being sleepy. You know, like I don't want to be this person who's like a big ragey monster because like <laughs> why would I? And like yeah, you're right. On Twitter, like you see a bunch of people and they're just like you know. 20 tweet long no. rants at, at, at the, the current administration and obviously like absolutely like people should be angry and oh yeah I'm, yeah, arms, I'm not but, saying you know I am not but, in no ways am I saying that people no, you know it's a platform but, that allows you to express yourself but you know um, but at the same time it's like it's like direct your like what I like to do is direct my anger into like when I go around Sainsbury's, yes. Uh, I don't know if any, I don't know if people could tell, but with golf fencing and Sainsbury's, yes, I am very middle class. Um, basically, like I like to, I like to channel my my aggression into picking up a soup can and dropping it into the food bucket. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd rather do that than, than yeah. sort of go ah, oh, everything's awful, and then just kind of not do anything about it. Um, <laughs> there we are. Um, yeah, good. Oh dear. I think <laughs> I just this is just completely new to me because I always had you as a kind of a chilled, um, a chilled kind of I, relatively I, uh, quiet kind of I individual, tr- and you've be. never been one that's come across as a big guy who really there's cert- <laughs> no there's certain sections of popular culture which you're blissfully unaware yeah. of, which I've always had the the greatest most utmost respect mm-hmm. for somebody who has an ability mm-hmm. just to go, I don't know what the Bake Off is, I don't care. Kind of thing. It's like, or well, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not that you don't care. It's just a case of, I've not got enough interest in it for it to interest me, and I don't need to be jumping on this particular zeitgeist. Kind of thank you very much. Kind of thing, which has yeah, always been. My, it's always been. I guess it allows you to my, focus um, on other things instead. Absolutely. My um, my one of my recent things that I've been. Uh, oh, now I'm saying this out loud. Uh, <laughs> just uh, go for it. Uh, just me of, and you. It's one just of my you most me. recent you things. All right. Yeah. All right. We're, just because it's just <laughs> you and I then. Um, basically, uh, we've been. Uh, I've been sort of. Um, I've been. Okay, so I've been listening to a 36-hour-long lecture on um, class uh, concert music. I've been getting into oh trying to figure out what goodness. concert music is and whether or not I like. I like you know ancient music and and. Uh, uh, 
Baroque and classical and all that sort of stuff. Um, because that's what I do. And um, I, I, I've never had any interest in it before, but I just saw this lecture series and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to listen to that. Okay, 36 hours, let's do it. So um, so started listening to it and I was having a conversation with my partner about focus and about um, about the sort of... The, one of the great things about mass media is that you can get access to absolutely anything that you want and it's it's really wonderful. Yeah. But the, the double-edged sword of that is that... Uh, is that there isn't a Baroque period. There isn't a Renaissance period. It's now a postmodern period in which everything is valid. And there is no, there is no real um, uh, curation of what society is deeming good art, right? So what we've done is we've got into this period of, um, period of time in which in which things like YouTube are incredibly popular because YouTube is this really low barrier to entry and for, for creators, but also for people who are viewing it. And it's very easily digestible um, content that can just keep you very entertained very quickly. Like you see like like trash TV in the 90s and noughties was, was, was kind of the, the progenitor to all of this. And it means that you don't have to really get into anything. It means that with uh, concert music, for example, you can listen to it. You can It's a zero barrier to entry, really, because you can listen to it and go, oh, that sounds quite yeah. nice. And that's what I always did beforehand. But now, now that I'm halfway through this lecture series, I'm starting to appreciate why concert music you know, uh, is, is, is particularly exciting. Um, and why it's uh, why it's fascinating, and you you have you can only in- enjoy that stuff if you get through that barrier to entry of well, you actually have to put a little bit of time and effort into it, and that's kind of why podcasts like yourself, uh, you know, your podcast, you're not a podcast, why your podcast exists. It's like the barrier to entry is do you like board games? Yes, okay, brilliant. Here is this really cool, easy way to find yeah. out and hear about um, board games and, and talk to uh, you know you talk to cool people. And then people who are listening to it are getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this thing, and that's that—that's that time and investment uh, that 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 means that you deeply appreciate something. And I was talking to Alex about this, and I said, you know, it's kind of like the reason that pop music is so popular is because um, the barrier to entry is so low. It's 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 melody. It's not really there's not really any. Um, you don't rec- there isn't a degree of intelligence that you necessarily need or maybe intelligence is the wrong word but like experience and knowledge of why a rondo movement is different to i don't know some other form, yeah um to appreciate it and she was like yeah you know well but that's really good and and i was like no that is really good but when people are listening to pop artists like dot 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 <laughs> and i literally <laughs> I, the first one that came to my mind yeah, right here we go Britney Spears. Oh my goodness. Now I I still consider her. I'm assuming that she is still doing pop records. She's kind of. Do you know what? I think the audience is kind of interesting to see. Like with all of these things, that the audience for Britney Spears is now kind of mid thirties. <laughs> kind of the type of people ah. that you would see going to a Britney Spears concert are likely to be yeah. kind of. Um, I guess still young enough to be considered that they're going to go to a pop. They're going to go to a pop concert and have an awful lot of fun. I think she can. Yeah, I think she's still. She's still yeah. very, very, very much working, and she's still very. She, much, she's still doing. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. She's still good. doing stuff. Good. Okay. But the, then the thing is. But that's when. But I... then it doesn't matter if you're relevant or not because the likes of your streaming services like your Spotify and things like that can push you back into some kind of relevancy. I mean, there's a lot of things that will say you just need to click on. Like an early two thousands two thousands playlist, 
And then you'll get all of yeah, those people, yeah. and then it'll take you down the rabbit hole. And you're right, the kind of the accessibility for you getting access to it. But then there's a difference between you saying, okay, if you decided, there's the difference between you listening to Britney Spears and then you going ahead and saying, well, let's look at the genre at that time and let's actually further right. discuss the composing techniques. Let's further discuss the kind of the general sound bites, the technology that was used. Let's look at the size of the, you know, the considerable size of the writing team. How much of it was herself? How much of it was down to the kind of the record company? And I think getting into and that's, that's that, different. That's exactly that's it. a different ball game altogether. I mean, it's a difference. Yeah, that's absolutely. You know, I mean, I, 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 de- I definitely don't. I don't want things to be elite. I want things to be accessible. Like. It is amazing that board games have come on and and video games and, and, uh, you know, Netflix has anime like front and center of its service now. Like the, I love the fact that the barrier to entry is low. I would never want that any other way. I, I suppose what I do, what I'm most interested in is like focusing on a particular thing and then just consuming as much of it as I possibly can so I can understand it and have an, a, an appreciation of it. And I guess that that means that things like, um, is Big Brother still a thing? It's interesting that it is still a thing in this year. Um for yeah i mean it's still there it's it's i think it's struggling to find an identity in itself i guess when big brother was starting out there were very few reality tv shows and nowadays every single tv show appears to have some kind of reality element and i think in cases where you've got reality shows where um you know let's show you how to make a cake kind of thing and then we get contestants and the next week it's like well let's show you how to make the table that the cake was made on and then let's show you (laughs) you know let's let's go back and see these these six people are going to be going through a kind of a competition to see who's going to be the best cake reality show presenter i mean that's i mean that's where we are Mm. i mean that's where we are i mean you're talking reality shows quickly quick aside one was like a Dancing on Ice, which Dancing on Ice has currently featured several reality stars, including the last winner of the British Great British Bake Off when it was still on the BBC, which is kind of a strange oh, situation like, to be in. It's kind of like, and then they're saying it's, it's Dancing like on Ice. Yeah, it's like Dancing on Ice with celebrities, and then you're turning out that the celebrities are, you know, they've got a couple of people from Coronation Street, but they seem to be a plethora of people who have become famous through reality TV shows. I know? was... I always find that when you add on ice to anything, it make it instantly makes the thing even better. It's like Lion King, this absolutely beautiful story about the you know the African Sahara on ice. Oh, it's just like oh, brilliant! Well, frozen on ice, skates. frozen on ice. Yeah. I mean, oh, frozen on ice. That's I mean, yeah, that's, right, that's maybe probably a, like given. That, that was a, a rubbish imagination thing, wasn't it? Because <laughs> my brain's going yeah, quick. Find but, a Disney thing that could potentially be on yeah. ice, and they say, well, frozen yeah. could be, yeah, frozen. Frozen could be, yeah, but I'm 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 just looking forward to um you know, I I, I just wish that they would do it with slightly more um things that I'd be interested in. So for example, you know, um I don't know, like War and Peace on Ice, that'd be fun. Or uh, or the caretaker, you know, the caretaker, or something like that. Like some really deep play. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy on Ice. Uh, yeah. What's, what's yeah. your name? Yeah. George Smiley. As <laughs> <laughs> it goes yeah. flying off the site. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be good. It'd be brilliant. What if they had to? What's his name? Gary. 
thingy actor Gary Oldman on it if he was actually putting him on ice because that would be hilarious because he played George Smiley in the film that would be worthwhile kind of um, kind of kind of watching um I think no I mean I guess you know one of the good things I guess about the whole board game space is that that kind of ability for people to deep dive into stuff seems to be going hand in hand because you get people that are you get people that are saying, well, here's games to play, here's how to play them, but then you're starting to get the content out there. It's like, well, here's why you should be playing them, and here's an interview with a designer on what their thoughts behind they were kind of playing them. So I think, thankfully, because you're not having to do it retrospectively, like, say, Baroque music, where you're getting people kind of going back and saying, well, let's, let's put everything that everybody has knowledge on on an online, easily accessible basis it appears like the board game hobby has already done that. I mean, I was reading, um, there's a, a fantastic, um, there's, a, there's, there's a fantastic kind of series um, on accessibility um, for board games mm. where you get um, different people talking about different levels of, of kind of, a, of accessibility. And that could be from everything from colour blindness to actually um, physical... Um, physical accessibility as well in relation to, you know, yeah. if... Yeah. I think, what was I reading? I was reading an article today about um, Charterstone, which is obviously the Jamie Stegmeier kind of latest kind of board game. And it was a, um, a, a... Somebody had done an article based on, I'm playing Charterstone and yet I have actually got... Um, I think they've got... Um, I think they've got a physical impairment. They can't... They can't you know, basically, they can't stretch over a table to have a look at what the board's like. Um, right. I'm just okay. trying. To, it's like I'm going to find it just now because it's going to bug me otherwise, and I don't want to look ignorant. And but Jamie Stegmeier um, on Facebook, it was he was talking about um, Charterstone, and he was it was a it was an article by Geeky Gimp, who were talking mm-hmm. about the accessibility, and they were talking about it in relation to not only the normal stuff, which is color blindness. But also the ability for do you you know um, the difference between kind of hidden resources and open resources. So a hidden resources where you've got like your you've got like a deck of you've got like a, a hand of cards where you're keeping the your resources hidden away from the other players, and then open mm-hmm. resources where you basically you've got all your resources on the table and everybody can see them. And the accessibility difficulties between those, between somebody who maybe finds it difficult and tiring to hold a hand of cards for a length of yeah. time, based on where they've just yeah. got the access. So that was kind of... And I was just thinking, well, that's kind of good, because board gaming is in that situation where you're kind of getting all these takedowns and breakdowns, because people are looking for media and content, that there is people that are actively saying, let's not just look at the whether this game is is am good and deserveth 7 yeah, out of 10. Yeah. To people actually saying, well, I'm looking at this game from a colorblind accessibility point of view, from a, you know, from a, is, are the, are the rules easy to kind of pick up? Do I need to watch a video kind of thing? Which is kind of, <clears throat> which is kind of very interesting, kind of indeed. And again, it's about, it's about bringing that, it's about bringing that um, level uh, of, uh, that barrier to entry down, right? Like, so in the video games realm, this has been a thing for years and years and years and years and years because video games have kind of already gone through what board games are currently going through at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've had our mainstream. We, you know, we're in the mainstream now, video games. So, so we we have this huge amount of criticism from 
different areas of things like accessibility and um, uh, representation and, and, and those kinds of things. Um, and the if you actually go and look at the statistics, you know, if you if you don't design a, a video game to be accessible to, let's say, for example, people who are colorblind, um, just as an absolute minimum, you are basically cutting out a very large potential chunk of your audience. And whether or not you want to do it from a, you know, you can we can talk about it from a moral perspective of let's let's try and include as many people as we can because aren't games great and you know blah 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 all this sort of stuff. But the very bottom line is if you are a business and you are like and you are cutting out potential customers like that is bad business yes you know yeah. like if you've it, it, so so i think board games yeah they will need to go through this this period of time and it's going to be really difficult because board games are by their nature very physical and so physical impairments are going to be really difficult to to get around but at the same time just because it's difficult i guess it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be has to be a problem and in fact i would say that board games more than video games will be able to take advantage of like a gray market like a third party um third party suppliers yeah. so so like you know things <coughs> things that let's say for example you're you know you're 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 unable to move and you're, and you're in a wheelchair like there will be there will be bits of tech there will be holders or something yeah. like that that will be be able to like shield your cards and stuff like that and that will work across all games yeah. Whereas with video, with video games, it's on a per game basis, which is why a lot of video game studios find it really difficult to implement um, uh, implement accessibility options and that kind of thing. And again, I would say, to put the other flip side of this, is accounting for accessibility is absolutely something you should do as a business. It is also something that totally costs money. And there yeah. is sometimes a business reason as to why why certain accessibility options get included and why they don't. Yeah. Like. But um, so AAA games, I mean, I looked at, um, say, I have a loan of Destiny 2, and I was um, yeah. flicking through the menu to obviously change the Y-axis so it was automatically inverted, because why, why are you doing yeah. that? First-player games, I like yeah, my... Yeah, of course. But of then course. I noticed they've got an entire section which is to do with um, colour blindness, and they've done the yeah. research enough to go through, and they're not just saying, oh, it's colour blindness, therefore you're confusing green and red. And it's like, eh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, no, <laughs> but, you know, no, but they've no. done. People yeah, are They've got like four or five different settings that you can put in, and I thought that was, you know, that's exception. That's you know, it's exceptional. It's like it's good enough to be kind of. That's you know, it's good enough to be kind of noted that they've taken think, the time, but it should maybe be a yeah. potential standard. Is it? I mean, I don't know. Should it be a console standard? I mean, I think the more that the consoles allow you to do these kinds of things on a console basis so the, the the expense comes because you're doing it per game i think with triple a there's basically zero excuse like with with that kind of budget like versus the amount of sales you'll potentially get it's like well it's it's absolutely a no-brainer you should you should just do accessibility like and as much of it as you can um one of the things that is really good for indie games in general is that the consoles allow you to um uh, remap buttons uh, on a system basis, so the game doesn't have to take it into account. Yeah. The console is taking it into account. So, for example, um, some people um, uh, find uh, R two on a PlayStation controller because it's quite a lot of um, uh, it's quite a lot of degrees of accuracy to it to R two uh, to that because it's essentially like a lever. Um, you can change those settings in 
on a console level, so the game doesn't have to worry about it. Um, and I think that kind of I think you'll start to see more of that stuff. I think actually you'll probably see you know when we go onto the PS5 and the Xbox. Oh. I have no idea the what they're going to do, but know, whatever the next Xbox, they'll call is. it the Y box. They'll change it completely. They'll call it sure. You know, they'll call it the change, and it's like, why are you calling it the change? Is that very so? It's like close to the switch. No, no, it's nothing to do with that at all. Um, no, no, <laughs> it's the change not. X. Uh, um, the change X. <laughs> um, but you know, I think I think you'll see more like surf, uh, more system level um, accessibility options come through because again, they've done really well. Um, for uh, for the platform holders, I would say, um, but yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's one of those things that we'll we'll see more and more and more of that in all of our media as we become a society that is more tolerant and open and uh, welcoming, like to people to to a wide variety of things. Because again, to come back to this earlier point, because we have because we have mass media, because there is so much to choose. It's now not not a case of, you know, um, whether or not we can convince people to play board games or video games or films or whatever. It's now a case of, well, it's so easily accessible. It's now a case of keeping our audience's attention and making them not churn off of board games. So there was a really interesting article by, uh, I think it's somebody over at Asmodee, um, and they were talking about basically how piracy of their product, um, people making knockoffs, was potentially damaging board games as a medium because basically people get like cheap parts. They they mm. get like a knockoff version mm. of Netrunner, and it's like you know really naff playing cards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it might potentially put somebody off Netrunner, but it might also put people off board games. Yeah. And I think the same is true of uh, of accessibility. It's like when I see somebody on. You know, when I, I've seen on on forums before, where people are like, "Oh, my, a friend of mine really wants to get into video games. What are your top five games that people should be <clears throat> introduced to?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you should totally show the Mega Man." Yeah. And you're like, "Why? Do not show the Mega Man. <laughs> like, you what? Like, like, oh yeah, like just 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 chuck him in the middle of a Crusader Kings two campaign at the same time. Why not? Like, like what no, we want no, is Peter. people to no no." Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry, this is my anger coming up, isn't it? Um, it is. You're turning yeah, into it's, you're it's... turning into some kind of nasty ogre there. Um. <laughs> Do you, know, you are the king of the segue. Did you know that? The absolute king of the segue. <laughs> um, because I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're like cut, cutting across the bow. What do we do? We see her, Captain. What should we do? We cut across her bow and send in the lower segue. <laughs> But anyway, no, um, Ogre. <laughs> Do you like that? I kind of yeah. think I saved you yes, from going into full oh, so rant, rant mode. Ah, oh, I did, yeah. You see, this is it. I need people to bring me back down. Um, <laughs> it's like Steve, Yes. It's like Dr. Banner in the Avengers. It's like, um, you asked me what my secret was. Um, it's not It's not controlling my angry. It's the, that I'm always angry. That's <laughs> Yeah, line line for line, perfect reading. Almost, <laughs> Just, um, almost. Um, almost, almost there. Let's touch an ogre because everybody's like probably been spending okay. a good. These are just two guys having a chat, and where's the board games? Well, we've touched on board games, but listen. Sometimes, on occasion, on we are not wizards, we just like to get somebody on and have a chat, and this is what's happening this morning. Right. 
basically. <laughs> you know, we could do the intro. For those who are missing the intro, the reason that we do this is there's quite simply not enough podcasts about board games. And the second reason that we do this is because I like Peter an awful lot and I wanted to have a chat with him. So we've been organising this for ages, which has started the last year. And it was all a talk about the... the um, the old games workshop game Ogre that has been brought to um, your your lovely PC by the company called uh, Oroch Digital, which Peter works for, which is why he's come on to talk about it. There's going to be other episodes. I've got another three episodes of something to, to release in the next couple of days, which are all going to be board game related. But this, this is me having a chat with Peter. You can skip it if you want to. It's fine. But it's a very good chat so far. <laughs> Just in case. Um, Ogre. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ogre. So, um... Yes, so we did, uh, so I'm uh, a producer over at Auric Digital, we're in Bristol, we're like a video game studio, we make other games as well, um, and um, we often work with IPs, uh, so we work with Games Workshop, we've worked with them on Chainsaw Warrior, and we work with them on Dark Future, uh, we've worked with, uh, and for Ogo we work with Steve Jackson Games, um, and they are the people what made, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called a game called Munchkin? Um, I've heard, I think it's a game, it kind of comes, it's like the spice rack of card games is that you can go to a spice rack and there's multiple different variations of munchkin (laughs) to the point that I'll have, I think I'll have the smoked paprika um, munchkin today Mm. or I'm going to have the, um, I'm going to have the rosemary with a hint of bailey in it kind of thing. Yeah, kick kick down doors, steal the loot, season your vegetables. Pretty much. Yeah. um, (laughs) Uh, I think um, so. So they do. So they did uh, Munchkin. They did Car Wars, Gerps, yeah. um, and a bunch of other very good games. And yeah, Ogre was, was made in 1977, um, and it's a a progenitor to um, a lot of uh, turn-based strategy games that came out on PC. Mm-hmm. So it's hex-based. Yeah. Uh, it's um, it's kind of uh, well, it's async. So. Um, uh, so um, it's gen- well, it's generally async. There are some rules variations for Shockwave and um, GV that m- meant that the game was kind of synchronous. But um, our game is asynchronous, um, and uh, because it follows most of the original uh, Ogre 6E rules, um, and um, it's also it's also a game that is. Um, you have one, so one side has an ogre, which is a very big tank, cybernetic tank that has lots of weaponry and stuff like that, and multiple weapons. And then one side controls an army, and the army needs to stop the ogre. That's the general easiest, you know, basic scenario. Um, and effectively, uh, we got asked to do a video game version of that, and uh, it was awesome. And it came out in. Oh God! When did it come out? October. <laughs> October. Yes, it came out my it came out my birthday week. Um, so that's part of the reason that I took, took the thing out. So I was just like, oh, I'll just launch a video game. Why not? Uh, you know, I'll do some. I'm going to do some golfing, and then I'm going to do some fencing, and then I'm going to do some. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you did not done scuba diving as well. Then. Yeah, I did scuba oh, I as well. So. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, um, yeah just, just <coughs> threw that in. Yeah. I just it was very um, very de- it was very very. Um, kind of um, Ron Burgundy the way you went October there like somebody had put a question mark on the end of your auto queue (laughs) 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 yeah we released this game in October (laughs) (laughs) I mean but that's the thing like you know we um, we we are 
we're a very busy studio and um, one of my things is so I wasn't the producer on Ogre that was actually my colleague Nina um, but I was the marketing manager on it so I'm, I'm also the marketing manager at Warrock and um, so yeah there was a big lead up of about two, uh, two and a half three months of like full on trying to promote the game and get it out there and stuff like that and um, so it's been out for a couple of months now and um, it's it's doing well like it, and it's been picked up by the uh, by the ogre community specifically um, it's been picked up by them like massively they really have enjoyed it and really supported it and um, helped give feedback on the game which was really important um, so we launched it and we had some feedback on this doesn't quite feel the right or this rule yeah. actually technically works in this way like some very minutia things so for example the game has in the GV rules um you can have, let's say, for example, you have a, a soldier. Well, you can have one soldier, but you can also have, f uh, like, four soldiers. You can also have four soldiers and then another uh, in a unit, and then another four soldiers come along, and that's two separate units of four soldiers in the same hex, so they have yeah. to be stacked. Now, if they're, uh, they can be on a hex, which is like a normal normal land tile, like a just grassland or whatever. Uh, they can also be underwater. They can be, sorry, they can be in water. They can be in water, but not submerged. So they're not under the water. Oh. Uh, they can also be. Uh, they can also be. Oh gosh, what else can they be? All sorts of different things. <laughs> There's so many different layers and layers and stacks. Basically, oh, they can be riding a train. They could be riding a tank, which is riding a train. They can oh, be. Yes. Um, uh, the loads of stuff basically. So, so we wanted feedback from the ogre community, and, and we got it, and um, it was great because we were able to act on that and uh, make things uh, get things back up to the point where. Um, where we were really, really happy with what the game is, and um, and we continue to support it, and uh, you know, bug updates here and there, and that kind of thing. Because whenever you release a game, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be a bug. Um, uh, but like, yeah, so that's done really, really well, and um, we had really great feedback from it so with the ogre community. Are you, did you play? Did the, you play the original then? Did you? Were you tempted to go back and kind of play the music? Play the musical? Is there no? <laughs> I'm going to get your tank. No, it's on my train. There is a there is there is a soundtrack. They did oh do a, a a board game soundtrack at one point, which was pretty. That cool, would be pretty actually. cool. You see that on apps That's nowadays. Good. You get kind of like background music that you yeah. can have on while you play. So I thought, but did you play the game, the actual board game format? Um, did you get access to that um, yourself? Yes. So um, we. That was b before we even started making the video game. We 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 the team sat down and played the played the board game. Um, and um, so some of the team had never played the game before. Yeah. Some of the team had never heard of the game before. Um, the guy who's at the top of the company, Tom, uh, he not only had played the game before, he played uh, the game way back in the day. And there's a picture of him. Uh, there's a picture of his custom-made hex tiles and units that he made when it was in when it was like 1987. Really, like. Basically, him as like a very young man, like starting off trying to be a a, a designer, a game designer. Because I think I get the feeling he's wanted to do it for his entire <laughs> life. Um, and so like there's these tiny little like cut out things. We we saw that he brought those into the studio. He's like a massive ogre fan, basically, um, and a couple of other people at the studio are the same. Um, but yeah, so it was a really wide ranging group, and um, and yeah, so yeah, we've been playing the game, and um, I really like it. It's a, a really, it's not. It's not as complex as some of the, like the games that were starting to come around at that time. So like Avalon Hill, 
and um, a lot of the very complex war game stuff. It's actually a distillation of strategy games, and I think it's better for it. Like, I like complex strategy games, but it's much, again, talk about accessibility, it's much more accessible. It's like you, you only have to really worry about a, a few things, but from there spawns out quite a lot of strategy. Um, to the point of, you know, 40 years after the original game comes out, there are still people coming up with really fascinating potential strategies to take to your opponent. Um, so is that, is that yeah, a chase so, you guys to kind of do more IPs? As I've noticed on the website, you've got Dark Future as well. So that's kind of like mm -hmm. your... So yeah, that's, that's my project. I'm Ooh. producing that one. I know. Um, and we currently have that listed as a release for 2018, which is very exciting. Uh, that's So we definitely, we've always done IP stuff. So Chainsaw Warrior with Games Workshop yeah. and now Dark Future with Games Workshop. Um, we've always done IP stuff and we do like doing IP things because we like making games in worlds that people already know. Potentially straight ports like we did with Chainsaw Warrior and like we did with uh, Ogre. And then sometimes where we take the original IP and we create a game in that world that isn't that game because we just feel like we want to do something different or sometimes it's not it's not appropriate to do a straight up board game translation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like so Dark Future, for example, is not the board game, not at all. Um, it is like it takes the spirit of the board game and the world of the board game and the themes of the board game, but it's it's not a it's not a turn-based, you know, relatively slowly paced vehicular car combat game in that way. It's a real-time strategy game where you are controlling a car. Um, and it's weird and it's going to be really difficult for me to try and like explain it to people so we're going to do a we're going to do it basically we have to do a gameplay video really soon because um we just want to show gameplay really we've, we've never actually shown it and we've been playing it in the studio and we really love it but we've we also sort of sit down and realize like there aren't any games like this like and that's not like marketing spin it's just we this is just a not a game that has been made before and like what we've had is we've had people get back to us go oh this looks like a really great game can't can't wait to race around the desert and we're like no 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 <laughs> like like this is not a racing game so like, oh cool so it's like twisted metal mm. no 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 <laughs> like and so yeah it's 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 really difficult people say oh so it's turn based well not really you can slow time right down but yeah so again so we're going to do a gameplay video and it's um, kind of like mad max on ice yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll quote that. Um, <laughs> you go. We'll, we'll put we'll put that on the. Uh, on you the can box. imagine no, if you um, put that as your marketing spiel, the number of people that would just show oh, up because of the name Mad Max just, is in there. But also, you'd oh, get all the dancing and ice. ice. You get the Philip. Oh, you get the Philip Schofield posse turning up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to see. Oh, <laughs> just to see. Our target audience. In fact, get um, in contact with Phil and ask if he'll just like if he'll do a play test for you. <laughs> And he'll say it's the yeah, best. Oh, it's the best yeah, car. Oh, oh. It's the best future. It's the best future yeah. apocalypse car turn-based role-playing <laughs> ice-based game I've ever played. Yeah, I'll get the scope on the blower and we'll uh, we'll sort that I'll out. Said, I've um, got him an email. I'll just ping him an email afterwards. He's really big yeah, into Catan, apparently. Cool. Yeah, get him on. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, so um, so that's all very exciting. Um, and but we do do IP stuff and. Um, uh, so we're actually going to be announcing. Uh, oh, it's just you and me talking. Yeah. Isn't it? So, uh, so, so that's so that's fine. Um, uh, we're actually going to be announcing a new game 
uh, really soon that's also going to be released in 2018. Um, and we're going to be announcing it uh, uh, basically in the next uh, two or three weeks. Wow. Um, and um, just because it's you and, you and yeah. me, uh, uh, it's a, so it's a, it's a Cthulhu game. Uh, and it's based on an I, a Cthulhu IP. And the reason that we... Because we could have just made our own, like, Cthulhu game. Um, like, because Cthulhu's completely... Uh, you don't have to... You know, it's... it's uh, What's it called? Open source? Yeah, it's an open, uh, like, an IP. Yeah. yeah, there's no copyright or yeah. anything like that on it. Yeah. But we decided to go with an I, a Cthulhu-based uh, IP that somebody else had created because we wanted to play in the specific Cthulhu world that they'd made. Ah. Um, and again, that's that's not going to be a direct translation of their game. It's going to be very much a... Um, it's going to be very much a game that we've created and that we're really, really proud of that we're, that, we're going to be, that we're putting together at the moment. But but what we want to be able to do is tell stories in that universe using this new game that we're, that we're coming up with. So yeah, we're, we're, we are definitely doing more IP stuff um, you know the same amount of IP stuff. Um, we continue to do that, um, but we also do our own IP stuff as well. And that's again, um, that's uh, again, we've got two two own IP titles in in the works at the moment. And yeah, it's 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 about finding a balance between playing in other people's worlds and you know making games that people like go, oh cool, you made a game about this because that's kind of the that's kind of our studio. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't go for really massive licenses. Like we don't go for you know, Catan, and we don't go for, I don't know, um, uh, what's a big license? Uh, we don't go for Lord of the Rings because because people already make those games. What we want to make is games for people who are, at, like, Ogre is their jam. Like, that is their thing. Yeah. And we want to make we want to make games for them because they're, they're, they're the best fans to have, right? They're the ones who go, hey, this, 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 like they turn up and they're like they play the game and they're like oh I really really love this game thank you so much for making it by the way if you see you know line this of of paragraph this on page whatever of the manual you'll see that this very specific rule situation is actually meant to play out like this thanks keep up the good work rather than like a mainstream video game audience which which you can get people who are like that but you can also get people who are just like thumbs down this game gave me cancer <laughs> and you're just like and you're like yeah, thanks, great yeah. well that yeah you know so it's about we like to make games for people who 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 want to play these kinds of games so we're very much a, a developer of niche titles that happen to end up being successful because we're able to make games for that audience and then encourage other people to come and try out the game because i think so Ogre, for example, is an amazing game and it has a very dedicated audience and it has quite a large audience. Um, but outside of the people who play Ogre, it's not, you know, it doesn't have the same level of popularity as a Catan. It just doesn't. Um, but what we wanted to be able to do is go, cool, we've made this cool game for people who really love Ogre and then hopefully those people will go, oh, amazing, they've made this great game. I'm going to share this with my friend who's also into board games but hasn't played Ogre. I'm going to share this so we can play it together. And then we hopefully, because we've built up this good game and we've built a, a faithful representation of what that game is, those fans become uh, our fans and they also become our advocates. And that's really important to yeah. us that people go, that like our games and then actually go and tell people about our games, that they should be playing them. And that's when we know we've done a good job, basically, yeah. when, when we know that, that we've reached a, a, a wider audience. You know, So again, we have people who have turned up to our Steam forums and say, you know, 
I have never heard of Ogre before, but I'm a really hardcore turn-based hex grid strategy gamer on the PC from the 1980s, and I've never, I've never even heard of Ogre. I'm going to give this a go because it sounds awesome. Like, should I? And then on the forum, we just have we have our Ogre fans who are like, yes, you absolutely should. This is really good. Here's why it plays out like this. You know, here's what it's not. Yeah. Here's what no, it that's is. Cool. And and it's it's great. And that's that's how we that's how we build up our fans. Um, and it's not failed us yet. So, so in cases of um, where can they find Ogre if they want to get a hold of it? I mean, are, are you planning a oh. PlayStation? Are you planning a PlayStation or Xbox kind of um, version of it, or is it solely going to be on the PC? So um, it's on PC and Mac. Um, we we always say when people ask for different versions, we always say like, first of all, like if people if enough people ask for it, then we would be stupid to turn that down because if people think that they're going to pay for it, then great. Um, it is unfortunately always a business decision. So yeah. a console port of Ogre would be relatively um, it's not it's not trivial. Um, so we would love to be able to bring it to PlayStation and Xbox and Switch. Like we would love to do all that. We'd love to bring it to iPad and Android. Um, right now, it's on PC, and um, for the time being, that's that's where it's where it's going to cool. be. Um, but you never you never know. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, so it's always good. And if they if they want to keep a, an eye on kind of where what Oryx doing next, where can you find yourselves mm-hmm. then? Uh, so the easiest thing to do is to like find us on Twitter and Facebook, and we've got auricdigital.com. Um, there's links to all that sort of stuff. We've got a little newsletter as well, which we don't spam people with it. That's uh, being the marketing manager. I'm able to be the person who's like, we are not, we are not being awful, uh, and um, it's great because the the company's really cool with not chucking stuff out. So sign up for the newsletter. You basically get like free stuff. Like what we what we kind of do is we like. We always build our games where we'll give something away for free to people who are who are like hardcore fans. So like we gave away the um, we put the soundtrack out on Steam for Ogre yeah. separately, um, and we gave it away to like all of our newsletter subscribers. So we were just like, have this. This is free. It's like five quid's worth of stuff. Have it. Um, uh, so we always do that. So that's always really good. Um, but yeah, Twitter and Facebook and our website and all that sort of stuff. And just come find us on Steam and have a look at our games and. And, and yeah. I'm also going to say, um, please, please, I know a lot of you are because you're all a lovely, lovely bunch and you'll probably mm. be delighted to listen to Peter in the first place because you know how much we go on about him. But if you're not listening to staying, if you're not listening to the staying in podcast, please go ahead and listen to it because um, it's. Okay, it's one of the podcasts that is probably if you if you see there's a new episode out, it'll be in. I've got to go and listen to this quickly. It's one of the things that you can you can kind of use it as a chilling out tool. You can be kind of doing mm. the gardening with it and listening along, or you can be, <laughs> or you can be if you're stuck in heavy traffic, you can have it on. It can teach you certain things. It got me into Batman Metal, the dark, the new Dark Knight oh, series. Okay. So I've been I've been consuming that. Um, I've been consuming <laughs> la- the, the the way that Barbatos has been trying to consume worlds. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I mean, I, that's that's genuinely like the you can have it on in the background. That is genuinely the best sell for it because it's like it's just some people talking and being nice. 
It's not. You don't have to like, concentrate on it. It's not a case. That it's like I could get up in the morning and it's like putting on the Sunday radio and it's like having. Yeah. It's like just having a couple of people just having a chat, and you've kind of got this. You're gonna lay lots of sugar. You kind of got this nice mix where sometimes like you'll be on and. And you'll be on, and you'll have Dan coming on and talking a little bit about um, what's happening with the little one, and then you'll have yeah. then you'll have Chris just telling everything that he has eaten um, <coughs> in the last couple of weeks, which is usually mountains of food. Um, yeah. You know, I'm surprised he's not kind of queuing up at Tesco's now that they've got this thing that they'll never ever kind of throw food away. That he's not just standing there with a truck saying, yeah. "Right, load it on, guys. I'll take care. Of it. I'll yeah. take care of this." He one. is basically a human being. He is. He is. Uh, um, then you've got then you've got um, you've got Sam, good old Sam. Um, but he talks. You know, he's all obviously talks about his comics. Jumps in, you jump in with the video games. It's just a really, really decent podcast to listen to. So if you're not listening to it now, just and the thing is, it's not there's not a continuation of the story. So it's not a case that you have to jump in. You can jump in at any episode at all. Just look at the titles. Just see something that you want. As I say, a couple of episodes ago, they were talking about Batman Metal, which I was jumping into. The time before, they're talking about you know they've they've talked about going hill walking. They've talked about. Um, Ranking crisps as well, um, ranking sweets. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot the, about crisp ranking. You know they've, t- you know they, they've they've talked about um, books that've been reading. They had a fabulous Secret Santa. So I know it's no one's like, all oh, right, what you've been paid by Peter? And the answer is yes, I am. So I'm very good at yeah, this. yeah. Checks but you know, just you know, just give it a listen. If you're not wanting something that's episodic, they touch on board games. They um, you've have you you know Duncan Malloy from Osprey Games comes on on a regular mm. basis. They have regular kind of guests that kind of pop in, but they don't do the guest thing like I do the deck guest thing. They do the guest thing like, oh, we actually know these people really, really well. So it's just like you're catching in a conversation. So you can find them on, is it Staying In Pod on Twitter? You've got Staying In, Mm -hmm. is it stayingin.podbean.com is the website address. Um, Mm -hmm. You're on Facebook now as well, aren't you? So what's the new, do you know what? Uh, Facebook.com. Go there and search for <laughs> staying in podcast. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't okay, know. It's I, yeah, everything's well. everything's it's on, on the website. Well. Like, you... um, and what else does it say? And if you um, and we can, where can we find you, Mister Willington? Oh gosh, um, you can find me on twitter.com slash zero 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 with an X because uh-huh. uh, uh, I decided to get into radio and that was a good idea to have an X as zero. Um, and you can find me on um, I don't know. Just go to Twitter, like you. Yeah, Twitter's fine. Twitter's fine. Just it's fine. Um, yeah, I'm I'm generally just like shouting about. Um, I'm just raging all the time. That's just, just me. Constantly just angry. raging. Constantly, constantly angry. angry. Just atting just random people and telling them how te- very terrible that they are, or or that's me tweeting people and telling them how very terrible they are, or. <laughs> The ultimate. Or just random, the, oh. just random, ambiguous kind of sentences. It's like you would think some people would be able to know how to control a crocodile if they own one, eh? Yeah. And then you're just like, why? What's this random? What is this what is weird this random, subtweet? Random. But it's all you know. You're a pro. You're a pro. Follow. Um, I know this has kind of been short, but then I'm looking at it and realizing it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but thank you very, very much for coming on. Well, thank you again for having me on. It's, I love coming we're, on. Honestly. We're gonna have a lo- we're so gonna have nice. a longer one. I think I'm gonna have to just you know in the next kind of month we're just gonna have to have you back on just okay just just because 
just because you know random chat and then just letting the conversation go in anywhere is absolutely fantastic um <laughs> for people who are not um who are not wanting to follow us <laughs> not wide <wanting> <laughs> we've had enough and if you want to complain about it and if you want to complain about us remember you can Complain about us on Twitter by adding us at We're Not Wizards. You can complain about us on Facebook yeah. by going to We're Not <laughs> We're Not Wizards dot com forward slash We're Not Wizards and post post complaints on our page there. Um, send us send yeah. us um, horrible photographs at Instagram forward slash We're Not Wizards. Um, follow us on YouTube as well, which is YouTube dot com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. Our host Podbean automatically put our podcasts onto YouTube automatically. So feel free to go there and downvote. Just downvote the hell out of all of our mm-hmm, videos because mm-hmm. if you feel that angry about us. Um, if you want to catch us, you can catch us on the usual kind of podcast catchers, which is Acast and Stitcher and um, Spreaker. And you can email us, angry emails, magic at wearenotwizards.com or .co.uk. However, if you have enjoyed today, and in general, if you want to give us some support, please jump onto the Apple Podcasts Place of Podcasts and drop us a little rating, um, or drop us a little review, or please drop us a subscription if you do like us. Uh, remember, if you um, if you have really liked what you've listened to today, um, please give us a, a little ranking as well, but don't give us a 10, because it makes us big-headed. Don't give us a 1, <laughs> because it makes us cry. Give us a five because it's in the it's in the middle, and it's and yeah, it's no, it's average, and we are decidedly yeah. average. But the person who's not being average today is the wonderful Mister Peter Wellington. So thank you very very much for coming on. Um, there's only two more things to oh, do. Man. All right. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Oh. Are we wizards, Peter? I don't think so. That'll do for me. Uh, <laughs> and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the fantastic, the wonderful, the amazing, the reason to stay in. The all fencing, the all scuba diving, no. the all golfing, but don't ask him to bake. No. It is the one and only Mr. Peter, Peter Willington. Say goodbye, Peter. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes. And um, yeah. Check out Staying In Pod because it's really good. Check out Ogre as well and just check out Auric Digital because they're going to be putting out some absolutely fantastic stuff for the coming months and definitely in the next coming years. Um, But until the next time, goodbye.